want you to understand the reason for all of this is that we are hoping that at some point, whether it's through something that is said, through a prayer that is prayed, through a song that is sung or one that is acted, uh, pantomime, that at some point you will recognize that you can have your own personal Easter experience and that you will reach out to the Lord and say, you know what, I want to experience experience what Calvary was all about. <clears throat> because you see, when you look at this from a historical standpoint, the purpose of Calvary began all the way back in the book of Genesis, believe it or not. Some of the first prophetic scriptures about the coming of a Messiah happened in Genesis, actually as early as the third chapter. <clears throat> because what had happened <clears throat> was uh, we know that the Lord had commanded uh, Adam and Eve, actually not Eve, actually just Adam. Eve wasn't even around yet. In the second chapter, in the 16th verse, the Lord commanded the man, saying, of every tree in the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you may not eat, <clears throat> before in the day that you eat thereof you shall surely die. And those of you who had any kind of uh, reading and understanding of a church background know that unfortunately uh, Adam violated that commandment. We know we can put the sort of the blame on Eve and say Eve took the fruit and Eve was the one but in reality Eve didn't get the commandment. It was Adam and Adam knew better and in fact when you read it carefully the Bible says after Eve ate of the fruit nothing happened but then when Adam ate it says the, their eyes of them both were open. The amazing thing was that Satan or the serpent got Eve sort of on her own and, and cornered her. And the thing that he did was challenged her about the fact that she would not die. In, you read it in the third chapter and the fourth and fifth verse. The woman, the serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. Contradicting Eve's what the, had been told by Adam from God. In fact, he said, you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. In other words, you'll get to make up your own mind, live your own life, make your own choices, do what you want to do. Don't be just a robot. Don't be just a yes man. Be your own person. Be your own individual. You can have that. Nobody has to tell you what to do. And I know we kind of don't have that spirit in our two-year-olds and three-year-olds today, but it was all the way back in Adam, and it was that sense of uh, Eve, it was that sense of do what you want to do. Nobody's going to challenge you. You shouldn't let anybody challenge you. You know what to do. And so that very sense, and then the Bible says she saw that it was good and pleasant, and so the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, she just sort of jumped right in on all of that. And she just took that as, you know, that this was the judgment and the Bible says that because the Lord said it you know it's kind of like a 
parent, if you will, if you tell your child you're going to do something, well, you kind of need to follow through, which is why you don't need to tell them something that you're not going to do, you know. Don't tell them, you know, go play in the freeway if you're, you know, you don't really want them to go play in the freeway. Or don't tell them you're going to knock them into next week if you're not going to hit them that hard. And, you know, you got to know that you got to make sure your words and your actions match. And, uh, and so the Lord had said, in the day you eat, you die. And so the Lord had to literally cast Adam and Eve out of the garden. And yet God, the Bible says in Genesis, and I, I'm not going to read it to you, but he actually says that there's going to come a time whenever the seed of the woman is going to bruise Satan's head. In other words, it's going to be turned around. And that's what Easter is all about, is that turning around. Because you see, what happened actually was that, that Jesus came and he lived and he was telling his disciples, although they didn't understand it, although they didn't quite understand what was he was saying and they didn't get it, he kept telling them things like, he that has seen me has seen the Father. And I had to say then, whenever Philip had said, show us the Father, and he goes, Philip, you asked for me to show you the Father. Believe not that I am the Father. I am in the Father and the father is in me and so when Paul who was named Saul was not a follower of Jesus as a disciple whenever he was on earth but later received the gift of the Holy Ghost Paul began to talk about this in some of his writings in 1 Corinthians he said but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept ever for since by man came death meaning Adam then by man came the resurrection from the dead, for, of, of the dead. For as in Adam all die, in Christ all shall be made alive. Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. He said, God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. And yet you may say, well, how could it be that God, robed in flesh, could be crucified? How do you kill God? Well, it wasn't really God that was killed, but it was God manifest in the flesh. So he had to lay down his life. I know you can say the Romans killed him or the Jews killed him, but in reality, God submitted himself to the cross. He went and he was he didn't want to go there was nothing about him humanly that wanted to go but as a matter of fact John says he, he reads it like this in John the uh, 19th chapter when he talks about the crucifixion he says uh, John 19th chapter is talking about Jesus and with those of you who know the story know he's gone to the garden he's prayed I don't want to do this nevertheless not my will but thine be done and he submitted himself to the death not just when we say death it was the execution of Jesus and yet Jesus himself says that when it, John records when Jesus had given received the vinegar he said it is finished and he bowed his head he bowed his head it's uh, the Greek word klino it means that he literally submitted himself 
to death. He did not have to, but he literally laid his head down and gave up the ghost. That same word is that submission that we find just a couple of chapters later when the ladies are coming in to see where they had kept Jesus and they come and they see a stone rolled away and they look and they want to know where is the Lord and then the Bible says that somehow that there were two they found the stone rolled away and they entered in and they found not the body of the Lord Jesus and they were perplexed and they had two men there with shining garments and the, the, when the lady saw those two angels they bowed down the same word clino that sense of bowing in submission you see Jesus submitted to death and here it was they were submitting themselves in worship saying we don't know what to do and yet they told him they told these ladies why seek ye here the living among the dead he is not here he is risen that's what Easter's all about he is risen and I understand we, we deserve to die the Old Testament said in Ezekiel that the soul that sinneth it shall die in the New Testament it talks about the wages of sin is death in Colossians it says you know in whom we have redemption through the blood even the forgiveness of sins who is the image of the invisible God. Jesus was the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and in earth, visible and invisible, whether they're thrones, dominions, or principalities and powers. All things were created by him and for him. So no creation could take his life. He had to bow his head and willingly pay the penalty of death that had been told to Adam and Eve in the very beginning. The day you eat the fruit, you shall surely die. And so that chain of death, in fact, it said, He is before all things, by Him all things consist, for it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace with the cross, <clears throat> through the blood of his cross. Oh, what a privilege that we can realize that in fact, you know, it is an understanding of who Jesus is this morning. And I know, I understand, that's what we're going to be singing about, is about understanding who Jesus is, of knowing who he is and what he's done for us. And we realize that he was God manifest in the flesh. Second Corinthians, the fifth chapter and the 19th verse says, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us this word of reconciliation Hebrews for as much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood that's us we've all got flesh and blood he took part of the same he came and he took part of flesh and blood that through death he might destroy him that has the power of death that is the devil and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage for verily he took not on him the nature of angels but he took on him the seed of Abraham why because Jesus said in 
basically I'm going to take on the flesh so that I will know what you're going through. No matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, no matter how many years after I'm gone, I understand it. He's a high priest that was touched by the feeling of our infirmity. He knows what it is to be flesh and blood and yet God manifests in the flesh. I'm glad he was risen and that's a personal promise for me today. Jesus Christ who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. That's what the good news is all about. Paul sort of wrapped it up in Romans and we read it and we've heard it we understand it. Romans the sixth chapter start at the third chap verse and you can read and I'm not going to read all of the verses but I picked out some and it talks about why we are repent why we're baptized why we believe in receiving the Holy Ghost like the apostles did it's because it identifies us with the resurrection it identifies us with Jesus. In fact, that's why in, in Romans, the sixth chapter, he says, Know ye not that as so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? And so when you go down in the waters of baptism, and we have a baptismal tank that's got water in it today. If you've never been baptized, this is a great way that you can identify with the resurrection. You go down in Jesus name for as many therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death like Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father even we can walk in newness of life for if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death we shall be also in the likeness of his what in a resurrection you can, if you're tired of living your own life and doing it your way and it not going anywhere, Think about it. you can be born again yeah. of the water and of the Spirit. And you say, oh, well, Pastor, this is why Paul said you can be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we no longer serve sin. Oh, I'm so thankful that sin does not have the authority and power over us. You say, I can choose sin? Sure, I can do whatever I want, but at the same time, I can submit myself to the Easter message and say, Lord, I'm going to bow my head. I'm going to submit myself to you and I want to walk in newness of life. I want to be just like Jesus. Now, if we're dead with Christ, we believe we shall also live with him for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life 
through Jesus Christ our Lord. And the Lord had, Jesus had tried to exemplify this so many times that you'll hear it in song today as they talk about the miracles when, you know, there was a little girl and she's dead and Jesus would say she's not dead and she goes in. Why? Because I am the resurrection and the life. You don't know it yet. You don't comprehend it yet. But I'm going to Calvary. I'm going to the tomb for one reason so that you can have newness of life so that you can have a new life in Christ Jesus. Oh, I don't understand it all. He goes on in Romans in the 8th chapter and said we are not in the flesh but in the If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, you're not part of the family. Sorry. It's what it says. The body, and if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. And what does that mean? Doesn't mean that my flesh is dead. But it means there's only one way I know of conquering this flesh. And that's to, through the power of the Holy Ghost. I can't do it on my own. I got to have resurrection power. That's why Paul would go as, be as bold as to say, I die what was he saying? Daily I have to plug into the presence and power of the Holy Ghost or there's no way I can conquer the spirits of depression and anger and frustration and fear. Huh? Amen. You remember even old Timothy, pastor, got afraid. Paul said, let me tell you what the solution, Timothy, is. Get the spirit flowing. Oh, but you don't understand what I'm going through. We have a high priest that walked in flesh and blood. He was more than just a man. He was God manifested in the flesh, but he walked this path for one reason, so that we, he could understand that I can have, if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. I know that that's not really talking. Paul wasn't talking rapture here. He was talking about a quickening that can happen on Sunday, a quickening that can happen on Monday, a quickening that can happen on Monday afternoon, a quickening that can happen on Tuesday. Whenever I'm all of a sudden my, my flesh is getting control, all of a sudden I know I have a spirit that I can tap into and I can feel the quickening of the Shekinah. That's the power of the Holy Ghost. All the way back in the Old Testament, the Lord had tried to show the children of Israel. In fact, he actually divided them up one day. And he said, some of you stand on that mountain and some of you stand on that mountain. I want to prove to you, you've got a choice to make. You either choose life and good or death and evil. You choose you read it in the 28th chapter, the 29th chapter, the 30th chapter. All of them say the same thing. Easter was coming and it was going to demand a choice. Yes. Do you want to choose life? Yes. Or do you want to choose doing it your way like Eve in the garden? Or do I want to bow my head and say, I need you, Lord. 
After the resurrection, Thomas was so caught up in his own investigative powers. He said, I'm no fool. You guys are talking about resurrection. Those women said they saw something. I'm sorry. I don't buy it. And he said, until I put my hand in his hand, put my hand in his side. And about that time, the Lord walked through the wall. And he said these words, Thomas, look at my hands. Look at my side. Thomas didn't wait till he put his hand in his hand, but he simply said, my Lord and my God, I'm going to choose you. My Lord and my God. What are you saying? Today, is ultimately, Easter boils down to you making a choice. Will you repent? If you haven't yet, you should. That means simply dying, saying, I'm tired of living my own way. Maybe you're not tired. Maybe life's treating you well, and maybe you've got your own thing going, and you think you're going to be able to handle it to the end. The Lord told us parable about a man like that who built barns and bigger barns and bigger and bigger barns and was super successful in life. In fact, we would have all envied his business acumen. He was awesome. But when it came time to die, the Lord said he was a fool because he didn't choose life. When you choose, will you let it end here? Go to your kids, your grandkids. That's wonderful. It's awesome. Or will you choose that I am not going to stay just here? I'm planning for an eternity. I want the resurrection power. So you repent. You're baptized in the name of the Lord so that you identify with Christ and then you tap into resurrection power. And that's what it's all about. That's what it means to be apostolic. That's what it means for Easter. It's that very sense that guess what? One, I can have that same resurrection power that Jesus had. It's the I, I, I don't know how it would have been possible for them to crucify him if he would not have submitted himself to it. So what we're excited about is that today in song for the next few minutes we're going to be worshiping the Lord and at any point in time if you want to experience your own personal Pentecost you just need to raise your hands and begin to worship the Lord you just need to begin to thank him and you say Lord I'm sorry for me living the way I've done I want your spirit that same spirit that got Jesus out of the grave I want to experience that spirit I'm here to to tell you, you can experience your own personal resurrection Sunday.